Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, her journey began in the well-watered lands of the Pacific Northwest, where she rode horses and discovered a love for music, watching the classic, The Sound of Music. Now, her path has taken her to Music City, where she's crafting beautiful and hope-filled songs like Truth I'm Standing On. Today we'll meet Leanna Crawford, share her heart and her story, and discover her brand new offering, Bean Girls. Leanna, it's just the best to have you here on the road. Is the day treating you well to this point? The day is treating me so well to this point. It looks like it's a little uh, a little cloudy outside. It didn't snow last night. Oh. I thought it was going to snow, so I'm a little sad that there's no snow. But it looks like, you know, it reminds me of home because I'm from the Northwest. So. Yeah. It feels like home today here in Nashville. <laughs> now, how consistently does it snow in the winter in Nashville, Tennessee? You know, I feel like I'm still learning that. I've only been here three winters. and I, Well, I feel like every winter it snowed at least like one time. Okay. And, but We have asked many folks who've come from the Midwest and have gone to Nashville this question. So no pressure. Okay. You, you okay. answer honestly. But do you... Okay. Do you miss the snow or are you pretty good with the lack of snow? So I'm from like an hour north of like Seattle yeah. and it doesn't snow as much as you like think it would up there. Okay. It snows near the mountains, but I, you know, I'm okay without the snow. I think if I was on a mountain and I was ready to go, like I had my snowboard and I was like ready to go, <laughs> I would be like joked about it, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Although I do love a good snowball fight. So okay. I think I do wish it would snow a little bit here, you know? Yeah, I appreciate the honesty of your response. I could tell you were searching for your true feelings. That means a lot to us. Yeah, I'm really, really <laughs> digging, really digging deep for that. Now, here's another important question. I believe you are the first recording artist slash horse trainer we've ever had on the program. First of all, that's a pretty fantastic thing. Wow, I'm so honored. Thank <laughs> you. Wow, that is just, I mean... Yeah. I, do you interview a lot of horse trainers? Is that <laughs> is that the is that the vibe or is it just yeah? I mean, I'm honored. Yeah, not nearly as many horse whisperers as we wish, but this is a real treat for us. Tell me a little bit about growing up because horse shows, homeschooling—it sounds pretty fantastic. Yes, it was. It's so funny because I was—I'm so thankful for my childhood. My parents were just they still are they're just absolutely incredible people um and they are just they've always been champions and encouragers um for all there's four of us kids um and so when I was like four years old I remember riding a horse like I had my first horse lesson at four years old um and my older sister had started riding and so she sort of paved the way for us to just grow up with horses so I grew up 
riding our horses through the woods and falling off and jumping back on. And we would just run around like for hours all day long because we were homeschooled and also being from the Northwest that if it was sunny outside, my mom would be like, well, just go play outside because we don't have very many sunny days. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to enjoy the sunshine whenever it was out. And then when it was raining, of course we did school, which was, you know, most of the other days of the year. Um, but it was very, very special and just grew up riding. That was kind of, I played basketball a little bit when I was young, but I wasn't very good. I was pretty, <laughs> I was like aggressive, but I wasn't very good. <laughs> um, and then I, I rode horses and then I started doing musicals. So it was kind of the, the two things that I loved and um, they both, they kept me very busy. That kind of makes me want to be a kid again, to be honest, as you described that right there. But I promise not all of the questions are going to be about horses. I do promise that, but one more horse-related question for you. Oh, absolutely. They, <laughs> thank you so much. They say one of the great life lessons that you can learn is after you fall off the horse, get back up on the horse again. True or not true? True, absolutely. Unless, we'll see, this is true, but now because of all the new, they, they learned so much about concussions, right, in the last, I don't know, 15, 10 years. Yes. Um, and in all sports, um, they also learned that in the horse world. And so if you fell off and hit your head in a competition, you were not allowed back on the horse, <laughs> which mm. is like the opposite of what we all learned growing up. It's always that if you fall off, you got to get back on. So for the most part, you got to, you got to get back on, but it's definitely a true like life lesson. Um, it's a good, it's, it's hard because you're in pain, right? And you don't necessarily want to get, get back on yes um and i i got back on my horse many times like through tears but i did it um and i kept riding and i'm glad that i did um Mm. very glad that i did so i would i would say that's true i like these horse questions i think they're great (laughs) leanna crawford is with us today the fresh voice behind hit songs like truth i'm standing on and the brand new track mean girls now it really explains it right there, but you are becoming known for these signature catchy song titles. Mean Girls is your latest. You said you were almost scared to write this song. Is that right? Yeah, I think just because it's the most honest that I've that I've been and had to be like coming into this writing room. Um, I'm sure you've, you know, probably heard, but like you do a lot of co-writing in Nashville and in a lot of, you know, music. Um, where where two or three people are in a room and you're writing. Um, and it's really intimidating to walk into a room. And this is the goal, right, is that you would walk into a room and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. Um, but it's still scary to do that and to walk in and be like, this is, all right, this is something that I've struggled with for a long time. Um, but I just kind of came in with that hook. And then it ended up, we ended up calling it Mean Girls, which is so funny because we were like, I don't think this will ever be, you know, I don't know if we'll ever put it out, right? It's like a pretty intense <laughs> title. Um, but the song, even, you know, immediately when I wrote it, I was like, this is this is powerful for me to sing. And it feels funny to say that about my own music, like, oh, this is so powerful. But I think I wouldn't put it out if I didn't believe in it. But mm. um, but it's definitely, it, it, was, it was scary to write. Um, and I think just because it's something that, that I've struggled with, so it's, obviously a very vulnerable thing to say that I've I've struggled with word and words and, and even self-talk. Um, it's, a it's definitely, I've, I'm thankful for my childhood, but I think we all can't, you know, be a kid or, or anyone without experiencing words that, that have hurt us in some form or another. 
Um, but also as I've gotten older, um, the person that's kind of been the meanest to me has been myself. And so that's been also something that I'm, I'm learning as well. It's just, God wouldn't talk to me that way. So yeah, that was definitely a, a hard song to write, but I'm glad that I did. <laughs> that makes so much sense. And that is a really brave thing to do, to be so honest and vulnerable in front of, you know, literally tens of thousands of people, which is what you're doing. Uh, but just a sample of those lyrics, mean girls don't remember what they said. Well, it's funny because I can't seem to forget. Their whispers opened up the door to a world called insecure. Don't Mean girls don't remember what they said. And we, as it's almost a cultural thing of, I'm so tough. I mean, you sticks and stones, right, can break my bones, but worlds will never hurt me. But that's, that's never been true. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think even to think like when I was, you know, in high school or middle school, I was like, oh, well, when I'm in my 20s, which is where I am now, I was like, it's all going to get better. Like, it's all going to be fine. <laughs> um, but that's what we realize is not true. And and it does seem to get worse because it, those words kind of, you know, manifest themselves in different ways and they become, you know, more you know, they cause more anxiety or, or more, you know, depression or whatever it is. Um, and, and so those, those, I mean, it's definitely, it's true. It's like we, and, and I, you know, I think we all can be guilty of this, but, but we don't want people to see that we're, that we're struggling, um, especially with something like words, because right, we're supposed to be tough and, you know, and and we want to, you know, act like they don't hurt, but sometimes they do. And oftentimes it's the words that, um, that are that are hurtful and and mean that we seem to remember instead of the encouraging ones. Yeah, it's so true. Well, thank you so much for that message. I know it means a whole lot to, to many of us. You mentioned it a little bit just a few moments ago, but finding music. You talked about your basketball career and you talked about that in view of your theater career, your music theater career as well. Talk a little bit about discovering the love for music that you obviously have and the sound of music itself. The great musical actually played a bit of a part in that. Is that right? Yes, that is so awesome. I um, I grew up watching um, The Sound of Music and Julie Andrews was my favorite person. I, I wanted to be just like her. <laughs> um, when I was little, um, I thought she was an absolute queen. She was just like amazing. And so I... I would like mimic her and imitate her like all throughout, like growing up. And I watched that movie a hundred times. Um, and then, and I was always singing like all the time. I was always making up songs. If we were playing hide and seek with friends, like I would just be like singing as I tried to find people. I, I was like weird things. <laughs> I was always be singing. Um, so much so that my siblings would have told me to be quiet because they're like, okay, this is a little, little much. Um, and now they're, you know, now they love it when I sing, thankfully, but <laughs> for the most part. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved that movie. And then when I was, I think I was like 10 and I did my first musical ended up being the sound of music. And I was so excited. I got to play one of the Von Trapp children. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with, with musical theater and I, I did, you know, musicals then throughout, middle school and high school and just absolutely fell in love with it. And then it kind of developed. And I think I, I loved it beforehand, but just my love for like performing, um, which sounds like funny, I think as a, as a Christian artist, because I think it's, I always want to point people to Jesus. Right. And I always want to, um, 
you know, glorify him and everything that I do. But I also think there's such a sweet thing for him to be like, no, you, like I created you for this, right? Like I want, I want you to do this. And so I, I always felt kind of funny growing up. Like I was like, I love performing, but it feels kind of selfish that I love uh, standing in front of people. Sure. Like, I, like I just, I was like, I don't know that that's something I can say that I love because it feels sort of like self-centered. Um, but I think God took that and he was like, no, this, I can use that. Um, and I, I can use that, that thing that you love, um, to glorify me. And so that's obviously, I think as all, you know, Christian, whatever we do, it's always to glorify him. Right. Um, but I just continue to fall in love with music. And then in the high school, um, I went to our church's youth group and I didn't really know anyone. And I was like, maybe I could make friends with the worship team. And so I tried out. Um, and they let me on, and I had no idea really how to lead worship, but I began to learn um, and made some really sweet friends, and then I started, you know, leading. And then um, I got a ukulele uh, uh. after my 16th birthday, and I started playing songs and writing songs on that, and then it just, um, I kept, you know, falling in love with music. I, I started a band in um, later in high school and we played some shows and we were like terrible, but it was so much fun. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I absolutely, but I, that's kind of where it all started was, yeah, just through, through musicals, through the sound of music um, and my, my parents and, and family all the while, I'm so thankful they're very, um, very encouraging. Uh, it's such a beautiful story. Leanna Crawford is with us today on the road she is the fresh voice behind hit songs like Truth I'm Standing On and the brand new track Mean Girls. So you have developed this, this really special platform where you're speaking into the lives of young women. When you were uh, forming your sound, when you were coming towards the place where you are today, was there a moment or was it a process of deciding, hey, this is a heart that I want to have. This is a vision that I want to have to speak into their lives. How did that kind of come about? Yeah, so it's it's wild and just so cool how God works because I didn't think um, this is what, you know, it was kind of the first time I really felt like I heard his voice. Um, but I was on a, a mission trip to Haiti. Um, our church had been going there for over, I think like 10 years at the time. I think they've been going there forever. Um, and on this trip, for the first time I was like spending time alone with Jesus in the mornings and I was journaling. Um, and I really hadn't done that before, um, much. And so I would, it was, you know, warm and beautiful in Haiti. And so I would, um, wake up and sit on the unfinished roof of the little house we were staying in. And, um, and I would, I would write and journal and pray. Um, and it was on that trip. I really felt like God was calling me to do music, which again, I felt like it was kind of a selfish thing. Cause I was like, I love this so much. This can't like, I was like, this sound like, I don't know. Like for some reason I was like, this sounds selfish. And no one ever told me that it was selfish. It just in my mind, I was like, that sounds selfish, but I felt like he was calling me to do music. And then I heard him say, like, I want you to encourage like young girls with that, like with your music, I want you to encourage young women, which is so wild. Wow. Um, and just so special. I had grown up listening to like Zoe girl, and I love Francesca Battistelli and yes. Nicole and all these incredible female artists. Um, and I loved, loved them. And so I was like, okay, I have no idea how to do this, but I came home and um, my mom and I went for a walk and I kind of told her all about the trip. And I told her about what I felt like God had been laying on my heart. And, 
instead of being like, no, that's like, you know, that's selfish or whatever. I thought, you know, maybe that would be the response. She was like, okay, that's amazing. Let's figure out how to do that. And so, um, we found a studio in Seattle with a bunch of these sweet, like, you know, old rockers from the eighties and they recorded some of my songs that I'd written. And, um, I had no idea what I was doing. It was my first time ever in the studio. And, um, I don't think, I mean, this, we definitely don't have that song still, thankfully, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it was, it was a sweet time and that's kind of where it started. And so I just continued to walk through doors that, that God had been opening and had opened and, and it still just continues to blow my mind, the people that he's put in my life. But um, a few years later, I ended up being at a songwriting conference in Aspen, Colorado, of all places, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, in the first night of this conference, they had an open mic and no one signed up for this. And it was kind of a little awkward because <laughs> they called like three people up or four people and, and no one would go sing. Cause like we hadn't met each other. It was the first night and there was only like a hundred people in the room. So it was kind of a smaller, like, you know, we're like, we're going to know you afterwards. It's kind of like, you know, everyone's really kind of freaking out. And then they call my name. And so I borrow someone's ukulele and I go up and sing a song that I'd written. Um, and, and Matthew West happened to be there that night. Um, he was speaking that weekend, but he kind of was, it, it just, it's crazy because it's all God and, and how he works, but he wasn't even supposed to be there that night, but he was. He ended up taking a video and sending it to his wife and kids, and he came up to me after and kind of shared with me a little bit of his heart. And then later I, I found out that, that he had wanted to, to you know, help an artist um, that his girls could listen to, which is just so crazy how God works that, wow. that I had this calling, I felt like, in you know, when I was 16 in high school, and then a few years later, that's the same exact calling that, that Matthew had. Um, and so he invited me out to Nashville and I got to write with him and, um, my, my now producer, AJ Proust, I write with a lot and who I wrote Mean Girls with. Um, and then he invited me out on tour, which was absolutely wild. And so I was an unsigned artist getting to go on tour with Matthew West and Jordan Feliz. And, um, then I moved to Nashville after and I, um, I'm just, it's, it's wild to, to look back on it and just see like, uh, just God's just goodness and that it's totally something i i don't deserve but i'm so grateful for it um but how he puts people in our lives um that's totally not an accident right like it's so it's just amazing how he works in ways we can't even understand sometimes well so many have been so touched by truth i'm standing on as well and there is this beautiful irony in that song there's a there's a fierce belief i would say in that song and yet also from what I understand, it begins for you in a place of real anxiety and real worry. Tell us a little bit about how those two came together to to form this message, which has spoken to so many of us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm just, yeah, so, so thankful. Every time I, I sing that song, I'm like, I feel like this is my anthem and, and victory song because I've needed that reminder, especially so much in this last year, but just the reminder that, that his word is true and, and he is faithful. Um, I had never really experienced anxiety before. Um, and I, I had friends that had, um, you know, I, I, I knew, you know, sort of how, you know, different, like how it could look sort of. Right. And, and so I didn't even realize, I guess that I was experiencing it, but for months and months I couldn't sleep. Um, and, and I had a 
a panic attack at one point, even like it was just this, I was, I was kind of learning how to deal with it for the first time ever. Um, and it was, it was just, it was so weird for me because I had never experienced it personally, but I had, you know, tried to encourage like friends walking through it. And then I was like, okay, this is wild to, to be in it. And so learning how to deal with that. And then I, I come into this writing room and I hear about this woman named Joyce um, from Florida. And Joyce's story is that she was walking with her husband through his battle with cancer. And he eventually went home to be with Jesus. But as, as she walked, walked that battle with him, and she still continues to do this. She would post scriptures on her Instagram. And every time she would post a Bible verse, she would use the hashtag truth to stand on. And when I heard her story, I was absolutely blown away because I was like, okay, this, this woman, Joyce, who's going through the hardest season of her life, probably losing her husband, is not only using her, her battle to encourage others, but she knows exactly where her strength and her hope comes from. And, and her story just totally encouraged me in that moment. And so then we ended up writing this song. Um, and I, we wrote it in the beginning of, of 2019, which feels like forever ago, but also <laughs> not so, so while. And then, and then ended up putting it out in, in 2020. Um, and it felt like the, the reminder that I needed to hear again. And I hope that, that other people needed to hear. God is faithful throughout, like no matter what. He is faithful and his promises are still true. Well, wow. It has been such a treat uh, talking with you today. And we have just a few moments left uh, with Leanna Crawford today. The songs like Truth I'm Standing On, the brand new track, Mean Girls, available wherever fine music is sold and streamed. You know, you talk a lot about the songwriting process and you're very well known uh, for these well-written songs. You mentioned co-writes. And I wonder a little bit, with how everything is different, how we gather together, how more specifically, for the most part, we don't gather together. How has that changed the songwriting process a little bit and just collaboration, coming together and being creative with other people? Is that a natural language for you? Is that something you have to work at? Um, it's definitely something I have to work at for sure. <laughs> um, I think being vulnerable is like a goal of mine and being honest. And I think that, you know, when we share our stories, right, that that's what helps other people. But it's still hard for me. And it's not like it's like I don't I don't want to share share what I'm struggling with. Um, but even walking into a co-write, um, there are days when it's just so easy and you write a song in an hour. Um, mm-hmm. And there are days when it's like you're really pushing and trying to just like unwrap this song and trying to and trying to unwrap and just and figure out what what it's supposed to say. Um, and I'm just so thankful for, uh, for co-writing, even though it's intimidating sometimes, because I know that I'm so much better by the people I'm surrounded with. Um, and it's a very humbling thing, but it's also very, like, it, it's a, a good reminder for me that it's like, okay, it's, it's not about me. Again, it's like, it's not, it's about, it's about God and, 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 and what he's going to do and through me, hopefully, but, but if not, you know, through, through someone else. Uh-huh. Well, what an absolute treat uh, to get to know you a little bit today, Leanna. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your heart and uh, really for the gift of these amazing songs like Truth I'm Standing On and the brand new one, Mean Girls. Now, it is available, of course, wherever fine music is sold or streamed. But if we want to have a, a central hub to go and learn more about you, where should we go? Ooh, um, I Instagram. 
maybe. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Instagram is a place. I'm on Instagram a lot. Uh, that's, I mean, I think, yeah, Instagram or, or any socials, I try to be like pretty active. I think especially in 2020, I'm like, I can't really connect with people, you know, out, you know, friends and people that listen to music outside yeah. of, you know, my family. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get on socials and, and try and share and like stay up to date. So I try to go like live because like that's always fun to hang out with people and and so yeah by instagram but you are so kind to have me ryan thank you so much um oh, i hope I'm... you learned a little bit about horses too and have you i didn't even ask you have you ridden a horse yeah i have i grew up on a farm myself and i did ride a horse uh, multiple times as a young person but the truth is i probably have not ridden a horse since i was maybe 10 or 11 Oh my goodness, that's amazing. What kind of farm did you grow up on? <laughs> there was wheat. There was sort of acres and acres of wheat. And it was, there were no very few humans, but there were the horses, uh, many raccoons, bunnies as well. It was very exciting. <laughs> that is incredible. Oh my goodness, I love that. Well, very neat. Okay, so you know, you know what it's like riding a horse. Did you have to get back on? Did you ever fall off? That's a great question. I don't actually remember falling off the horse at any point, but it was a very, very kind horse. Like he was a very elderly horse. I believe his name was Katja. Katja the oh, horse. Cute. And he was just gentle and sort of glided along. So I was never in any real danger. Probably like the Washington horses, they probably had more spunk. <laughs> Some of them were better than others. Some were better than others, but that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank um, you, Leanne. It was a real pleasure. God bless you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you have such a great day. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.